2: Hey Chargers fans, do you have thoughts poking you in the back of your head about what Anthony Lynn did last game? If you have a question or hot take about the Chargers that you'd like to tell us, you can send it in through the new Guilty as Charged mailbag. To get your question in, leave us a review including the question on the Apple Podcasts page for the show. We'll be checking the reviews regularly and answering them ASAP. You could ask me to clarify my opinion on Josh McDaniels for the 20th time. Or ask Steven which Utah Ute player he wants to overdraft in the second round. Tyler can even write you a soliloquy about Young Wei Koo and how he represents the Asian community if asked nicely. If you don't have Apple Podcasts because you're a loser and your friends make fun of you for having an Android like me, no big deal. You can also email the show through chargepod at gmail.com or participate in the monthly Patreon Q&A. Give us your hot takes. The world is your oyster. Bolt up! Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into to another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Alex is unavailable tonight as he is traveling back to his native land of Philadelphia. So it's just me and Tyler today. Tyler was kind enough to uh, spare some of his time during the week and uh, join me for
1: our Broncos Chargers preview. Tyler, how you doing, man? I am doing great. This week is Christmas week. It's such a great week. I love it. You know, I know you guys will be listening to this on Christmas Eve, and I'm excited. I love Everything about it, the season, the gifts, the family or half the family, but you know, all the, all the things about the Christmas season, I just freaking love and I'm done with finals and tests and semester stuff. And I just get to relax. Like I finally got to sleep the last couple of days (laughs) without an alarm because I wake up and there's no thing to worry about. It was just, it was so nice. So anyway, I'm feeling full of Christmas cheer right now.
2: Yeah, I t- you know I I couldn't agree more with that feeling. That's kind of the same situation me and my wife were in because both of us work in education. Obviously, we're not taking the tests, but uh, you know, kind of administering the tests. And you know, we usually had to wake up at five thirty or six and get things going. And, and we slept in until eight thirty this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, man! It was so good. <laughs> it was so much fun. So uh, we do want to wish you guys a very happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. I know Hanukkah is already over, but um, you know it is what it is. Um, happy whatever you're celebrating this weekend. Hopefully you're able to kind of sit back and relax and and you know spend some quality time with your family. Um, so let's get down to it. We're going to preview the Chargers and Broncos game. Um, I think the biggest piece of news today is that Kaiser White has been placed on injured reserve. Um, he of course battled COVID earlier in the season. Um, Really, it's just a big shame for him because I felt like right before he got COVID, he was really starting to build some positive games together and, and, you know, maybe make a case for himself that he could challenge Drew Tranquil for the starting wheel position next year. Um, Unfortunately, that hasn't really panned out for him. You know, Nick Vigil, Nick Vigil, excuse me, um, has stepped in and done an admirable, admirable job. I can't talk today. Sorry about that. Um, but vigil, I think, you know, obviously he's a free agent as well. So some uncertainty for the linebacker position next year, along with, uh, Kenneth Murray. So what did you, what do you think, you know, what does this do for the next two games and and what do you think this does for the future next year?
1: As far as the upcoming game, I know Kaiser white and the linebackers as a whole did a really good job of preventing drew lock from having an a, a outlet that I can't talk either. Great. it's Yeah. <laughs> <dangerous. laughs> Um, they did a good, good job containing Drew Locke and not letting him run around. Um, I know that was part of Perryman's job as well. And Perryman will be back. Sounds like he's a full uh, participant ready to go. Yeah. As far as moving forward, it's tough because, you know, Trinkle goes down. Okay, White steps up. That's a good backup. And he played well, got picked on in coverage a little bit, but you could tell, and I saw even through your on Stephen, that he was there. Like, yeah, he's getting, like, people are, you know, Rob Gronkowski was catching balls or whatever, but he was there. He was right there. He all was right. starting to get better and better, and more comfortable. And then for him to have COVID, which that stinks. And then finally comes back and, and just now he's out for the season. It's tough. And it's going to be another one of the reasons that the chargers might have to do something like, you know, cut Mike Williams, trade Mike Williams, because they're going to need to pay maybe Nick vigil and Denzel Perryman again, because I don't know, like, can you trust tranquil or white next year at all? No, I don't think so. So you got to have another guy They you have to pay. Which they're not expensive guys, but you know you got to pay. You got to pay somebody. You got to at least pay one of them. Um, so not that Mike Williams. Well, you know, cutting Mike Williams. And never mind. Forget it. Um, <laughs> they're not the same contract, is what I'm saying. But yeah. you to afford guys like these, you have to make those kinds of moves. And so moving forward, I don't know. Like I feel bad for him. You know, he got the job. You know, for the Chargers to often be so reluctant to give rookies a starting job. You know, for him to get the starting job right out of the gate. Um, over jatavis brown as the starting will in 2018 2018 18 was it 18 i think it was I think, it's 18. I think it was i think you're right my bad. whatever of course i'm right <laughs> anyway for, for so for them to do that and, and trust him and he looked really good in like three four games whatever he had and so it's just a bummer that he's unable to stay healthy and moving forward like i don't i don't know like what is his i don't remember i don't think did Jatavis Brown struggle with injuries towards the end of his career with the yep. Chargers? And that's yep. why kind of why he I would just hate for him to go that down that kind of route, because I think he's a better player than Brown. And he's shown a lot more in, in his starts this year. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah,
2: you know, it's just been kind of frustrating from a positional standpoint, because, you know, it's been so rare for this team to have two really good linebackers at the same time. You know, yeah. like one season of of Donald Butler and Steven Cooper, and then Cooper, you know, kind of deteriorated, and then B- Butler deteriorated, and then you know you have Typically. Kaiser White and and Denzel Perryman playing well, and then Perryman gets hurt all the time, and then Kaiser tears mm-hmm. his ACL or whatever, and, and now it's just kind of been the same thing. You know, you have Kenneth Murray, who's just, you know, you've been tweeting a bunch about him, about him being underrated and kind of undervalued, and and you know, obviously the explosiveness hasn't been there in bunches, but you know, he's making play and he's playing solid. So, and then you have Drew Tranquil, you know, break his leg and, you know, Kaiser White has COVID and spends time on injured reserve and then Denzel Perryman hurts his back. And, and so I, I don't know, man, there's a lot of question marks for the linebacker position next year. You know, it would kind of suck to see Denzel Perryman and Nick Vigil go because frankly, this is, this season was the first time they have had quality depth at the linebacker position yeah. forever. So you know, to finally get a good group of linebackers and they all played and all played well at times and to see two of them leave next year just would
1: be kind of a bummer. Huge bummer. Um, I don't know who they'd bring back. Like, I don't know if Perryman would exp- like. I feel like Perryman could get a bit of, bigger of a deal, I guess, but no one seems to want him anyway. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what they'll do with the position next year. Could they draft somebody as well later? Maybe. I guess they would have to if both guys walk. So I don't know. A lot of questions. And I didn't, I thought they were kind of set at the linebacker position. I thought they were at least too deep. You know, if you don't have Murray, you at least have Perryman. If you don't have Tranquil, you at least have White and then Vigil. And now it's like, well, you can have Murray and I guess Perryman's ready to go. But I don't know. I just, it's a, such a bummer for them to go from actually what I thought was a pretty decent group with a, a good depth to eh. You know, the Chargers—we've watched them in the playoffs succeed with a bunch of defensive backs, but that's not—you can't realistically expect to make that work every week. You're not facing Lamar Jackson every week, so I don't know. We'll see. It's a very interesting group, and I hope he recovers well. I don't know what is he out with. Um, I saw it, it was a
2: knee injury. I think. Hmm. Um, I didn't read the full press release, but um, he got hurt in the in the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was early on. I feel like too. Because uh BJ Bella played a bunch last week. I think he played like 18 snaps. So hmm. um we'll see, man. I, I don't know. There's it is unfortunate that they're kind of at a crossroads again at the position because, like you mentioned, you know, 2018, they don't have any linebackers, which worked to their advantage in the Raider in the Ravens playoff game. Sure. And then the Patriots, of course, you know, ran into right. their throats and yep. <laughs> destroyed them. So um you will see. I, I feel like Nick Vigil has has earned himself a decent contract back. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he only makes like $1.7 million or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he's played well in spot duty throughout the season. And um, I think the bright side about this, if there is one, is that this means that Vigil can call the plays again and Murray doesn't have to do that. So um, that maybe we'll see, you know, New England Patriot version of Murray the last couple of weeks. And uh, I guess that is kind of the silver lining here. Good call. So, in terms of other injuries this week, uh, Keenan Allen hasn't practiced yet. Um, that more seems like just them kind of resting him and, and giving him time to heal up. Um, he talked in his press conference yesterday about the importance, you know, of playing in every single game, even if he's limited, and, and you know, kind of uh, battling through things. And I think ultimately he will play. Hunter Henry has not practiced this week. He's been out with an illness. I, I really hope that it's not COVID, but I feel like if it was, we'd probably know about it. Um, and then the big one outside of Joey Bosa's concussion, which we'll get to, uh, is Uchenna Wosu, who you know took that dirty <laughs> ass cut block from Josh yep. Jacobs uh, and is out with a knee injury. So. There's uh, a lot of injuries that could impact the, the defense this week. We'll see what if Nasir Adderley is able to return. But then again, I don't know if I want to see a repeat performance from him. Not <laughs> against, against the Broncos. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so we'll see. I guess, you know, if, if Bosa is not able to go, he was limited today. I, I don't know what your take is on the situation. But Anthony Lynn said that they're not planning on shutting him down just yet, which uh, I Having had five concussions, I feel like that is a mistake. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like Joey Bosa should 100% be shut down and not play any more games this season. What do you think of that situation?
1: You know, it certainly depends on the concussion. And its I know he's going to want to try to get back on the field. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to prevent him from doing that. The guy who sees himself as the new leader of this team who just signed the big contract. But. Joey Bosa has very publicly talked about how difficult his concussion was this year and how he struggled. He was depressed. He was just in dark rooms for days and days and days and for him to have another one within, you know, a month or two months from the first one, that's rough. And, you know, should they shut him down? I do think so. You know, there's really like, there's, there's nothing to gain here. You're not in the playoff hunt. Right. You know, I, I understand why he'd want to come back. I'd understand why they want him to come back. But considering how difficult that first concussion was, I just don't think it's worth putting him through that again. Um, I don't remember though, last time if he was already doing individual drills, I know today he was participating, I think in individual drills or something. Yeah. I don't remember if he did that last time. Cause it sounded like he was like really out of it. He didn't remember the game or the end of the game. So, um, you know, I guess each one's different, but it, it's still concerning. And, I just, I would hate for him uh, to get another one and, and really jeopardize his health. Like you said, you had, I mean, five concussions. I think I've had maybe two or three, none diagnosed, but I was pretty sure. Um <laughs> yeah, That's the thing. It's with not football. fun.
2: Yeah. You never know, like, right. how many undiagnosed ones you have. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, you know, obviously, this one, I, it feels like he's, um you know doing a little bit better than last time because last time you know like you mentioned there was a full week where he wasn't even at the facility he was just Mm -hmm. kind of I think he said that he went in for COVID testing but then would go right back home and and back into you know the dark room as he put it so I I guess he's doing better but you know the last thing that any of us want is to for this to turn into like a Brandon Cook situation where sure he comes back too early and then he has a you know, a third one or after effects of this second one. So, you know, I, I fully understand. And I know that Joey is going to want to be out there, but you know, the chargers, I feel like need to step in and, you know, protect him from himself and be like, listen, man, like we just gave you five years, a hundred million dollars. Like we can't afford to lose you and have long-term effects from this. And, and frankly, you can't afford to do it either. So I, I just feel like you know, the best course of action for Joey is to, to shut it down.
1: Nope. hundred percent agree. And even just, if not for the concussion, I mean, it should be for the concussion, but considering all the injuries he dealt with, he's still technically listed with a shin injury. I'm sure he has other injuries too. And yeah. he says he'll never play a hundred percent again. Um, it's just, just let him shut him down. Next year is it is a bigger year. Clearly this year was just not the year for the team and he needs to be around next year. And if you know, if it sucks and the Chargers have to watch Drew Locke pass all over them again, whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's not worth losing him for for much worse. If he goes out and hurts, whatever. Point is, I think they should shut him down. Yeah, I
2: agree. And you know, like you mentioned, it, it would be different if they were in the playoff hunt or if they had things to play for. You know, frankly, I don't really care about Joey Bosa playing in a meaningless game in week 17 where the Chiefs are resting starters, which is going to happen because they are going to beat the Falcons this week and clinched the, the first overall seed and home field and the bye and all that good stuff. And so, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. I don't know if Mitchell Schwartz is active. I think he might be hurt still. But, you know, all those guys are going to be resting week 17. So, you know, what's the point of putting Joey back out there in a meaningless game? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so this is obviously going to create a challenge for this weekend. You know, Garrett Bowles is one of the best tackles in the league. Their right tackle, DeMar Dotson, is hurt. Uh, But he looks like he's uh, coming back this week from, I think he missed last week. Um, (laughs) But they're going to be starting Jerry Tillery, Isaac Rochelle, um, M.A.K. Eggboulet, it will be the backup Leo. And then either Joe Gaziano or Jesse Lemonier will be the fourth kind of pass rusher. So uh, it's going to be a challenge uh, this week in terms of getting after the quarterback. Um, You know, obviously the last time the Broncos and Chargers played, Jerry Tillery had that one monstrous stretch, I believe in the third quarter. Um, And they're going to need some big time performances from one of those four pass rushers. uh, And I just don't know if if that's really going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly not going to bet on it happening. I thought Jerry Tillery had a nice good start to the game against the Raiders. Um, They even had a play where they had, I believe it was Tillery out wide, not as a receiver, Tillery wide, um, Justin Jones over the tackle and tight end. And then Joseph, all three of them on the left side or the right side of the offensive line. I thought that, that was interesting. So maybe we'll see more of that. Was was the Broncos game the one where they had Joseph as an end? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that it? Yeah. So I yeah. guess we're going to see that again um, because they don't have anybody. If and not playing, and I don't, I don't think he will. You know, will we see? So they've activated Lemigne. Yeah. So
2: Lemigne, Le has been activated twice. So if they want him to play, they'll have to sign him to the full roster, which. You know, they could do with the roster spot that Kaiser White just, uh, you know, vacated. But um, I think Gaziano, I think he's only been active for one game. So Mm -hmm. um, we'll have to see what they decide to do. Theoretically, and Wosu could play in week 17. So, you know, they could just activate Gaziano. But I don't know. Maybe you see what you have in Lemon. Yeah, I guess. I don't know.
1: It's a whole week of I don't know. So just, <laughs> we, your starters are down, like Ingram's yeah. gone, Wosu's gone, Bosa's gone. You just I mean you're starting the guy you drafted to be a defensive tackle at end, and that's kind of the week that it's gonna be. Yeah, that's the other thing kind of that came out today. Gus
2: Bradley uh mentioned that they might be thinking Jerry Tillery is a defensive end going forward. Um, he said that last week they played him, you know, on the edges and the early downs, and then they brought in Wosu. Uh, and moved Jerry to the three technique defensive tackle to rush the passer uh, in obvious passing situations. I feel like people were kind of overreacting to that little tidbit. Personally, you know, I understand there were some people who who felt like Jerry could, should have been drafted to play defensive end, uh, but he never played defensive end in college. He was a defensive tackle through and through. And, you know, it, it's very similar to like drafting someone who plays offensive tackle and then you realize it doesn't work and you move them to guard and like, if that's what's happening here and they think that Jerry Tillery is better suited to play defensive end, then fine. But it's also like they don't really have any other choice right now.
1: <laughs> like right. he has to play defensive end because they don't have any other bodies. It's interesting. And I know people are like, oh, he should have been drafted to play defensive end. And maybe that's true. But as far as it pertains to the Chargers at the time, they had Bosa. Ingram was great. Yeah. Um, and you needed a guy in the interior because they couldn't get after Brady at all. And it was clear that this Mahomes kid was going to be good, you know, so they couldn't, you know, they needed to get after him and win the division or, you know, compete in the divisional round again against the Patriots or whatever. So, you know, them drafting to be a defensive tackle, it's fine. Like that's, you know, whatever. That's what he played. Now, is he better suited on the outside? I don't know because he can't play the run very well. I have a hard time believing that. Okay. I have a hard time believing that this season, anything's going to get better. I do think he's taken enough steps and gotten stronger um, to the point where like, he watched Jason Witten back a couple of times while he was coming yeah. from the outside. So not that Jason Witten, I mean, Jason Witten is a 50 year old tight end, <laughs> you know, but still, you know, he looked good in a couple of plays. So yeah. do I think he can take the next step moving forward? Sure. It's just interesting that they're going to go with Tillery and Bosa I don't understand what they still don't know about Chenan and Wosu. Like, obviously, they have to play Tillery with no choice now. Right. I don't know. I just would think that you're if if Bosa is your second, your best pass rusher and run defender, I think In Wosu is also your second best pass rusher and, and run defender. So, yes, I, I don't really know about the whole switcheroo they're going to try to do, but uh, out of necessity right now, fine. He had a couple of good pressures against the Raiders, and um, and you know he's he's got like thirty two, thirty three, or whatever this year. You know, it's up there, I think, with like Ed Oliver and Simmons. So it's not like he's, he's terrible. So, you know, moving forward, if you can take the next step, get a little bit stronger. um, Fine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jerry has taken some
2: nice steps forward this year. And I think, you know, the boneheaded penalties have not helped, yes. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, like I mentioned in the Denver game, you know, he's had some stretches where he's really shown some dominant flashes to me and. Obviously, he's not great against the run, but he's also playing out of position right now. And I'm not saying right. he'd be better against the run at defensive tackle. But, you know, it it does stand to reason that, you know, with a full offseason, which he hasn't had yet, you know, he'll take he'll improve next year as well. And, you know, I, I I personally feel like the best thing for Jerry is to rotate at defensive end and defensive tackle, not simply be, you know, I'm going to play defensive end on first and second right. down and then switch to defensive tackle on third down. That's just my opinion, but also, like you mentioned with Uchenna and Wosu, they drafted him to be, you know, potentially be the next Melvin Ingram. And when he's been healthy, they don't play him like he's the next Melvin Ingram. They play him like a pass rushing specialist who comes in in situational downs, even when Ingram and Bosa have been out. And, you know, I thought before he got injured last Thursday, he was having a great game, And, and then he gets hurt, and... I don't know, man. It's frustrating and they're going to have to address some kind of defensive line position in the draft next year, whether that is, you know, drafting a clear starting defensive end or drafting a clear starting defensive tackle because, you know, Linval Joseph has been really good, but he's 32, I think. You know, and Justin Jones, he seems like he's finally turning a corner this year. But he was not very good to start the season, and then he got hurt. And so, like, they've got to get a big-time upgrade, either a defensive tackle or edge rusher in the draft. And, you know, if they're moving Jerry to the to defensive end permanently, that's fine. But then you've got to draft a defensive tackle early next year and kind of, you know, find Limbaugh Joseph's replacement next year.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, it was nice to think that okay, if they got Tillery on the outside, now you don't have to worry about Edge in the first round. But then now you just giving yourself a new new problem to have to consider. So yeah, I mean, I ser- I have, I have, I don't think any of us. I don't know if you paid attention at all to any of these interior guys in the draft so far. But I know you've been mostly about you know the tackle prospects, the edge, the corners, receivers, and whatnot. Is anybody even? Like, I have not looked
2: here? at any defensive tackles at right. all because I, I was thinking like, okay, like they're not going to take a defensive tackle because they right. have Joseph Jones, Broughton, sure. who they drafted and hasn't really played. Um, <laughs> so I guess I have to start looking at defensive tackles. So thanks, Gus
1: Bradley. <laughs> well, it'll be very well-rounded. You might as well get – you at this rate, you'll probably get back to your 250 players like you did last <laughs> season. So awesome.
2: Yeah, man, it's it's whatever. I'll, I'll look at some. Um, the hot name right now in, in terms of defensive tackles – is uh davion nixon from iowa uh he only they only played five games and he had like six and a half sacks i think and like 14 tackles for loss so um he's kind of the the late riser right now so i mean i'll get to like the top ones but you know i'm not gonna watch (laughs) like last year i was watching you know the the twins from nebraska who didn't even get drafted like i'm not doing that again this year
1: (laughs) did you really you had some names man like fucking Western Hawaii or something like that. Not really, but yeah, just like these obscure places you guys were looking. I yeah. mean, full credit to you, but my goodness. So hopefully you don't do that again.
2: It was it was weird. I was only planning to do like a top 100 and then I got <laughs> to like 150 and I was like, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go all the way to 200." <laughs> and then I got to 200 and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to get all the way to 250 and just like see what happens." And uh it was fun, but at the same time like I'm not doing that again. <laughs>
1: no please don't i mean i appreciate the work you and jason did a great job well you did a great job <laughs> <laughs> sorry jason
2: <laughs> welcome back jason did a fantastic job just not with he the Jordan love situation <laughs> yes yes okay fine but it's all good we all make mistakes we all have guys that we love and you know i was super high on jake from and, and look at that so um it is what it is anyway so let's yeah, get to really- the oh, never mind. Sorry, what did you gonna say? Nah, I was gonna razz him, but never mind. Okay, <laughs> uh, let's get to the keys to the game. I think for me, you know, the first and uh, the first thing that I'm gonna point here, you know, the defensive line linebackers, somebody has to get after Drew Locke because you know, if you look at his advanced stats, um, when he has a clean pocket, he's completing 67 of his passes and has a 96 per, 96.9 passer rating which is, you know, that's pretty good. You know, obviously, you know, expecting clean pockets all the time is just not going to happen. But when he's under pressure, his completion percentage plummets to 37.2%. And his passer rating is all the way down at 29.5, which as I tweeted out today, is last in the league amongst qualifying quarterbacks. So someone, whether it be Kenneth Murray, Nick Vigil, Jerry Tillery, Linvon Joseph hasn't had a sack yet. Uh, someone on this defensive line in the front seven has to get after drew lock and make him uncomfortable. He had one interception last game. I, I, if I remember correctly, Um, but you know, if they're going to win this game, which I think they have a good chance at, you know, somebody has to force a turnover, you know, maybe a forced fumble and get lock into some uncomfortable
1: situations. And I think they could also do that with, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know what the ratio of who blitz is when and, and how, but I'd love to see some of the defensive backs get involved. Now you do have Harris yeah. back, you have Davis, you have, I'm pretty sure Hayward's healthy. Um, they stuck in Jalen Watkins last week and they played 59 snaps. Granted it was at free safety. Um, sorry, 59 snaps at free safety, 12 in the box, I believe. So yeah. you know, mix and match there, get some pressure that way. Fine. Um, I guess another key for me, and we kind of already discussed this, is let's just get Nasir out off the field. Um, <laughs> let, let's see how he does. Um, I honestly, looking at his stats, was surprised to see that he had some games where he had like eight tackles. Because for me, it just seems like he's just never around the ball. And that Denver Broncos game, he single-handedly lost the game for him. And and honestly, yeah. don't be don't be afraid, guys. Play Jaleel Adai this game. Because he did a very good job the last time they played the Broncos. Um, one six yard reception. I think he allowed and that reception that he allowed, we was very quick to react to and tackle the guy was almost the exact same play where he picked off Matt Ryan uh, against the Falcons, almost the exact same play. So listen, there you go. I, yeah, I, mean, I think it'll work. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I just don't want to see us here on the field, like between just not being very good to the lack of effort on one tackle against uh treadwell, <laughs> against the Falcons like I just just I don't want to know so if you don't want Drew Locke to have you know the rager of a day that he had you know put some guys who actually want to cover and tackle
2: yeah I I couldn't agree more you know it's been so frustrating watching this here Adderley play because when he does make good reads and decisive plays you know he runs into Michael Davis (laughs) and breaks up an interception or he runs into Casey Uh. Hayward and breaks up an interception and it's like Okay, man, you just, like, can't do anything (laughs) right. (laughs) So, except for return, you know, kicks, I guess. So, he can be the kickoff returner and, uh, you know, play, like, the dime backer role if if they want. But I thought Jalen Watkins played really well last week. And, you know, Jalil Adai, I was surprised that they decided to go the way that they did um, and not start Jalil Dai. But, you know, Adai has been playing really well the last few weeks. You mentioned the the first Broncos Mm -hmm. game. Obviously he had the interception against the Falcons and, you know, he's very similar to Perryman, right. And, you know, playing well in a, in, in a limited role and sure. uh, potentially earning himself a, uh, I don't want to say second, I guess a uh, fourth contract with the chargers. Yeah. Right?
1: Whatever, not the
2: first, <laughs> not a first, not a first or a second. Um, <laughs> so the second thing I want to talk about here is the chargers just have to do a, a better job of letting Justin Herbert, you know, continue his success because, you know, I I feel like the game that they had against the Raiders, it was just, it was great for three quarters. And then they were like, you know what? We have to establish the run. And Anthony Lynn's logic of like, we can't be one dimensional. It's like, okay. So if you pass too much, you're not one dimensional, but if you run the ball too much, you are balanced. So I, I don't understand that logic. You know, the Broncos secondary, similar to the Chargers last time, is depleted. A.J. Bouye is suspended, and Bryce Callahan is injured, and those are their two best corners. So, um, you know, if Keenan Allen is healthy, target him 15 times a game. Let Tyron Johnson eat. Let Jalen Guyton, you know, go go deep down the field. Get Mike Williams involved in the game for, like, the first time ever. (laughs) Um, You know, Justin Herbert, just I feel like he – he needs to continue to build off of these last two games. And, and you know, if it's 300 yards and, and three touchdowns again, like it was the first time they played, awesome. I just think, you know, not necess- beyond breaking the records and things like that, I just want to see Justin build some positive momentum into year two and play clean football, don't turn the ball over, and just really, you know, set some positive standards for next season.
1: Playing a clean game is you know, part of the key there. I mean, he had two interceptions against the Broncos. I think one of his only two multi-pick games. Yeah, the fact that he only has—we're we're, talking—we might be talking about a three-to-one touchdown-interception ratio is crazy. You know, but if he plays a clean game and throws three uh, three touchdowns, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, one of the things I noticed with my brief, tiny, little bit of watching the Broncos play the Bills last week is the Bills through three quarters. I think had I just quickly counted like 28 first down opportunities, and they threw the ball 20 of, of the 28 times, which, you know, would be unheard of for <laughs> the Chargers coaching staff. So, you know, of. but like, is that technically balanced? No, but it worked. And they didn't start running the ball on first down really until the fourth quarter when they were up by 25 points. So, you know, if you want to get up 25 points and then run the ball and pretend like you're balanced, fine. But if the if the Chargers are watching tape at all, they should realize that the that the Bills absolutely shredded the Broncos last week, getting, yeah. you know, all their white guys involved <laughs> and and then Stefan Diggs. And you know, it worked. They they, just let they designed a great plan for for Allen. They took advantage of his mobility. They spread the guys out, used multiple whatever, and it worked. through on 20 of I think 28. And just stop trying to run the ball on first and 10, even if you do on first and 10, I guess it's okay. But when you get second and nine, don't run it again, you know, put the, put the high end, put the hands, put the ball in the hands of your best player right now on offense and let him go, go to work. And eh, if he's the best player, mm. okay.
2: best offensive player,
1: mm, even that, I don't know. Uh, your most important and clearly go. very good go. player. Let him cook. I think he threw it 43 times last, last time they played the Broncos. And they scored 30 points, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, go for it. Yeah. I, definitely most important.
2: I, I still feel like Joey would be the best. Yes. And then Keenan probably best on offense right now. Yeah. Anyways, that's another topic, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm just scared that, well, not scared. Scared is the wrong word. Um, Apprehensive, I guess, because I feel like Anthony Lynn and, and Shane Steichen are going to look at the fact that they had 200 yards rushing against the Broncos last time. Good point. And just pound the rock. And I think that is going to be a mistake. I think the Broncos run defense is the best part of their defense Mm -hmm. in general, but now especially because they don't have A.J. Bouye or Bryce Callahan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I'm coaching this game and I'm looking against what the Broncos did against the the Bills, I'm letting Justin just cook. And, And, you know, very similar to what he did last week against the Raiders and just let him get after it and, and then not take the ball out of his hands in the fourth quarter. Please don't do that again. <laughs>
1: uh, was it one pass in the fourth quarter? Yeah. It was, how do you do that? Like, how do you, how do you, I mean, I think the Raiders had a very long drive. It's not like the charges had a ton of drives, but how do you have only yeah. one pass? That's just, yeah. So they, uh, like they had the inter the
2: drive after the interception was three plays. Sure. And one was a pass play, which, I'm still irritated at that. I watched the film again and I was just like yelling at my computer. Like you call a timeout and then you rush to the line and the Raiders are clearly in a blitz package. And, yeah. You know, Justin can't check out of it. So he bootlegs right into a blitz. And then Anthony, after the game was like, he shouldn't have held on to the ball. It's like, what do you want him to do? <laughs> call the bootleg right into a blitz, man. Anyways, it was frustrating, but yeah, you know, once, <laughs> once the game was in question in overtime, they were like, all right, you know, go save the day. And so we'll see what happens. I I don't think that they'll get up big enough for them to call like the same kind of game plan in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Um, did you have another key that you wanted to mention here?
1: Um, not particularly. I just, I, some of the things I just wanted to watch was, you know, let, well, you already mentioned the linebacker defensive line. We already talked about Herbert. The other thing I just wanted to watch, which is really a, a key is I just wanted to see if if Turner and Balaga could work together the same way that that yeah. Toner and Balaga worked very well against the Broncos. And part of the reason why yeah, it's such thought. a good day, a good day rushing the football. So I want to see if Turner can put it together because I, I, mean, I think he's just gone anyway at this point, but you know, I want to see how he does. I want to see how they work in tandem together. And if they run the ball every freaking down, fine. <laughs> I just want to see that at least, at least I just want to see it it go well, you know? So If Turner and Balaga, if they're together, can just kind of have a nice little game, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, yeah, I felt to mention earlier, it does look like Balaga is going to play. Obviously, he had a a concussion himself. Um, So, you know, I think these last two games are big last two games for Trey Turner. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. They could save a lot of money if they cut him next year. Um, He could get the the, uh, Thomas Davis treatment you know, kind of Mm -hmm. the the patchwork situation and then cut him to find a long-term starter, which, you know, I I tweeted out a a mock draft that I found that had Wyatt Davis in the first round. I would personally love that. Obviously, we'll we'll cover that down the road, but I think Trey has been okay. You know, he's been bad in some stints. He's been really good in some stints. Um, To me, it just doesn't really feel like he fits what the Chargers... Want you know in Carolina he was mostly a power run blocker. Sure, that's who he is. That's his. That's his physical body type. Mm -hmm. You know, and the Chargers do a lot of outside zone runs and inside zone runs, and I just don't know if that really fits what Trey Turner's skill set is. So we'll see, man. You know, I, I think injuries have definitely played a part because he didn't. He didn't have a full training camp. He was hurt in training camp, and then he got hurt the second, the first. He missed the first game. Came back the second game, got hurt again, and just hasn't really looked great. So I'm with you. I think I think him playing well would do a lot in terms of his job security next year. Then again, I don't know if it really matters, but I think just for him in terms of potentially finding a new, new home or staying in Los Angeles, I
1: think he needs to play well. Um, All right. Go I ahead. want to bring up one thing that I know okay. you don't really care about and I don't really care about. <laughs> it's that video with Slauson and Woodhead talking about how McCoy didn't quite have the decision to be able to put in the alignment that he wanted to because they were trying to force the guy who was either paid more or drafted higher to play. I don't know who it was. Uh, They didn't say who it was. I'm just curious if you think that Turner would return next year because the powers that be above the head coaches and general manager want them to prove that the Turner trade worked. Just gonna throw that out there. I don't know if you actually watched that video. I did watch the video, and people have asked me about it. Yeah, um,
2: you know, for those who don't know, you know, Scott Kaplan is one of the biggest clowns in yep. the media, mm-hmm. and he's made his career off of just bashing the Chargers. And uh, Matt Slauson looks like he's fol- he's following Kaplan's you know business plan. You know, Slauson played for the with the Chargers for one season. And all he does is bash the Chargers, which, you know, to each their own. If Matt Slauson wants to come on our show, I tweeted about him or at him. uh, I'd be happy to, you know, listen to his gripes and discuss them. Uh, Obviously, I don't know if he's listening to this episode, but if you're listening, Slauson, uh, you know, respond to us and come on the show. You're, You're more than welcome to. But to me, I just don't put too much stock in what he was saying and what Scott Kaplan was saying. And. Some people were like, well, you know, Danny was also like piling on. it's like, well, you know, when you're in a social situation like that and you don't necessarily disagree or agree with someone, you know, then you kind of pile on too. So um I don't know. I don't put much too much stock into it in terms of, you know, chargers management and things like that. Um it, I would be really curious to find out who he was talking about though, because you know, that kind of timeline aligns with. Uh, DJ Fluker, I feel like. I don't know. Yeah, Slassen so they let
1: Fluker go at the end of 2016, and they drafted Lamp and Feeney in 2017. And Slausen, I think, was... Was, awesome. he was 15? I think he was 15. He was definitely there when Feeney was around. Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, Feeney was, was the first draft in Los Angeles. Right. I swear that Feeney was the guy that was who Slosson took was, over for Slauson when Slauson got
2: hurt. So Slauson was 16 and 17 then? Let
1: me look this up. <clears throat> okay, yeah, worth it. My, well, my first guess was trying to think of, like, is that Chris Watt they're talking about? But, I mean, he wasn't really drafted all that high. The only guy I could think of was Orlando Franklin. Was having a rough go of things.
2: So Slauson played uh the full season in 2016, the last season in San Diego. Okay. And then he uh started seven games for the Chargers in
1: LA in 2017. So oh, and he was talking about McCoy, so it had to be the 2016 year. Yeah. So yeah, I don't don't know know who that would have been. Yeah,
2: I I would love to hear who that would have been. I feel like when you just kind of throw things like out, out there and you're not specifying, that's kind of just you know bogus, but you know, it is what it is. That's awesome. <laughs> but if you're going to say something like that, I feel like you should come out and say like, Hey man, I feel like so-and-so should have played over Chris Watt or so-and-so should have played over DJ Fluker, but sure. You know, it is what it is. I, I don't know. I just, that last season in Los Angeles San Diego with Mike McCoy was a disaster all around. So I don't have yeah, too much stock in it. Um, in terms of Trey Turner, I could see that happening. I could see Tom Telesco and the span family being like, listen, like we need Trey Turner to be on the field, but you know, that is going to depend on who the coach is. If it's, if it's Anthony Lynn, um, then sure. I could see it happening, but at the same time, you know, it depends who's the coach and it depends if they draft someone, you know, if they bring back Forrest lamp, but like you mentioned, I just, I don't know if Trey Turner's done enough for this team to be back next season.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. So, talk to me about Wyatt Davis, then. I just want to know before we get off, and I just want to hear about this guy. What's uh, so pick number nine? Maybe some people yeah. say that's a reach, but you think it's? I I don't think it's a reach. I feel like if they were
2: still at four or five, then yeah, you you don't take a guard in the top five unless you sure. Uh, and even Quentin Nelson was number six, so I know that's one pick, but you know that that is kind of a big difference. Um, I think Wyatt Davis is just a smidge lower in terms of like, you know, if I were grading Quentin Nelson right now, he Mm -hmm. probably would be like the second or third best player in the draft. Like if I went back in time and I graded it, like that's probably going to be, I think Wyatt Davis is probably going to be like my fifth or sixth highest uh, graded player. I love what I see from him on film. I, I think he's mobile. I think he's nasty. I think he fits in a zone scheme. I think he fits in a power scheme. I, you know, he's got great experience. He was all American as a sophomore. And I think freshman, all American, um, his first year at Ohio state. And, you know, the thing about Wyatt that makes me higher on him is that we saw what happened when Ohio state was dealing with all these COVID issues. And he was the only starter on the offensive line that was able to play a couple of weeks ago. Um, and you know, Wyatt stepped up in a big way in terms of his leadership and you could see him on the field. And, and, you know, taking over the calls from the center position and, you know, getting his guys riled up. And so I think if they're at 9 or 10, you, and you could take Wyatt Davis for sure. But I think in that kind of situation, Sean Slater would have to be off the board. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. me, I feel like Sean Slater, just in terms of talent, versatility, he's played three positions. I think he's played right guard, left guard, and left tackle. Wow. So I think Slater... Would be like the best pick in that situation. But if he's gone and there's getting, you know, the buzz around him is building like crazy. Matt Miller yeah. had him at number three overall. Number three, yeah. Wow. So the buzz surrounding Sean Slater, obviously, Daniel Jeremiah mentioned, you know, had him over Panay Sewell, which I can't get behind. That's just me. You know, I think Panay Sewell's in a league of his own. Um, but if Slater is there and if Slater is the pick, I would be thrilled. If Slater is gone. You know, I think then you're in a situation, you know, where you're either taking the third best offensive tackle, probably the third best pass rusher, maybe the second best corner, depending on how things fall. Mm -hmm. So to me, like if I'm looking at the best guard or the third best tackle, I'm going to take the best guard. Uh, That's just the way that I think I would approach that kind of situation. Um, Because I think Wyatt Davis is clearly the best guard. Um, You know, there's debate, obviously, whether Slater is a guard or a tackle, or Elijah Vera T- Tucker is a guard or a tackle. Um, but if they took Wyatt Davis, I think that would be a fantastic pick. You could put him at right guard if you cut Trey Turner. You could put him at left guard if you keep Trey Turner. And I just think that would be a big time upgrade for the Chargers.
1: I'm just curious what they're going to do concerning free agency heading into the draft, because now you're at a position where you could take Slater or Davis, and, and either of them is probably going to be there at number nine. Although the Chargers might draft 14th or whatever. Yeah. When all said and done, unfortunately. So who knows? I'm just curious what position they'll put themselves in because I mean, do you want to walk into the, into the draft, hoping that your guys there or do you have some Tevy re-signed and you just haven't battle it out? I guess it almost feels like a waste of money, but I don't think you can, yeah. I guess Tevy's insurance at that point. Like, I don't know what his contract's going to be. Same with Lamp or Turner. Like, do you cut Turner and pray you get Davis? Do you cut, not have Lamp return and hope you get Davis or what i don't know it's very interesting offseason but no i like the davis pick you know one of the charges to take some sort of interior guy forever now um and they haven't since yeah feeney or Questionberry, i guess but um yeah all right cool i'm in i'm in for the davis pick right now you know it was <laughs> dicey like it was tough when they were at number four because it's like do you take I mean, it's you probably take edge or corner there you don't want to take maybe the same i don't know i don't know But they're picking 14th, I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to win their next two games, which is a huge bummer, I guess. Good, it's good. I don't know. Whatever. You're the one who's going to be all in the the draft, and I just get to rip your takes. So, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't know. I I guess this kind of depends on
2: where they're ending up, obviously. Sure. Um, ESPN, FBI, and the Athletics still project them around eight or nine. Um, So, I think ESPN, FBI is kind of – Predicting that they're going to lose another game. But then again, I don't I don't think ESPN FBI is, is taking into account that the Chiefs are going to be resting starters in week 17. Sure. Um I don't know. I, I'll never feel good about them winning at Arrowhead. I know they won on Arrowhead in 2018, but even if Chad Henney is the quarterback, you know, I, I don't know how good I'm going to feel about that game. Obviously, it's gonna depend on, on who all is resting, but I, I do think that they're gonna go seven and nine, which I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that more down the yeah, road. Let, let's, let's focus on the Broncos game and, and get your prediction for the score this week.
1: I will keep it. You know what? I will keep it 31-30, but Chargers win. Okay. Okay. Uh, do,
2: do the Chargers get a last-minute score, or do they get a last-minute stop? I think they get a last-minute stop on some sort of prayer. <laughs> Uh, It would be so classic, you know, Chargers Broncos to, you know, have just a repeat score and and come down to the last play again. Um, I, I, I do think I feel good ish about this game. I I felt better about the Raiders game last week than I do about the Broncos game this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, with not having Joey Bosa and Chen and Wosu just right. I'm a little nervous about the defense um mm-hmm. you know, Obviously, last time they played, you know they didn't have Chris Harris. Desmond King was about to be traded, and Casey Hayward. Uh, I don't think played in the fourth quarter at all. Mm-hmm. So I guess the secondary is in a better spot, but just you know not being able to get after the quarterback, I think, is going to be a huge issue. So um the over under, I think, is at um forty seven right now. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah. Not that it matters, but I'm going to go Chargers thirty. Broncos, 24. So I think they'll win by six. Okay. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I think Justin Herbert's going to get three wins in a row for the first time in his young career.
1: That's a great prediction. And that could happen. (sighs) I, yeah, I'm worried about the defense, definitely. But yeah, for Herbert to get his third win in a row is awesome. Like you, whenever you think about, and whatever I think about at least, you know, the Chargers could use a better pick. But then watching Herbert win how freaking happy he was, you know, I was yeah. in. I yeah. was in. Like, you know, <laughs> right. it's awesome. His victory brisket and whatever. Like that's that you forget about the draft picks for a second yeah. because it's just so freaking awesome for the for him to be winning and he deserves it. So, 3 wins in a row would be awesome. I believe if Tua loses this week and Herbert wins this week, that means Herbert has more wins and therefore that means he's a better quarterback <laughs> according to Dolphins Twitter. So, right another oh, time. Man. Oh man, that's the
2: whole the whole beef between the Dolphins fan and Chargers fans has been really confusing to me. Um, anyways, I know I know you're not starting that obviously, um, but it's just kind of, you know, I'll see people still like go into the Dolphins mentions and, and put like Herbert stats versus Tua stats. And I'm like, just let it, just let it be you guys. I think it's clear to pretty much everyone that outside of Miami, of course, that Herbert is the better quarterback. So. You know, I'm excited to see how he closes the season out. I think, you know, obviously he's got the the rookie records within reach. Um, but more than that, I just I just want to see him play well. And like you mentioned, he was so, so happy after he won that game. And yep, I just think, you know, draft position aside, I just want to see Justin do well. And I think it's important for him and really the rest of the young guys to be able to finish the season on the high note. Um, this team is playing so many young players across the board that, you know, winning these games, regardless of if it means them picking at 8th or 12th or 14th. Um, I think it just means more to the players. As for the coaching, we'll we'll cover that. You're going to be yep. out of town this weekend. So mm-hmm. um, Alex and I will talk about what either a win or a loss means for Anthony Lynn on Sunday. Um, it's getting I, dicey. <laughs> it is getting dicey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Um, we'll definitely cover that you know, right now I still feel like he's going to be gone, but I also feel like they're going
1: to win the last two games.
2: I don't know. It, like you said, it's getting dicey.
1: Have fun. <laughs> um, I'll be snowboarding and you can have this horrible discussion. Yeah. So, super
2: funny yeah. that uh, Tyler's going to Utah uh, and I am not for Christmas weekend. So I hope you have a wonderful time snowboarding. Um, I gave Tyler all the good information in terms of restaurants and, um, have a, which? Uh, do you know what
1: resort you're going to go to? Resort,
2: like for skiing.
1: Oh, for Park City! I ain't okay. going to no resort. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I'm going. To, just going to Park City. Um, seems pretty mellow. Like you just make a reservation and um, you have your spot. So, piece of cake. And yeah. that, that is the last place I got a concussion. So here we go. Oh man. Speaking um, of
2: concussions. Yeah. Park city is wonderful, man. If, if you're listening and you're in a, in a ski mood or, or you're just wanting to get out to the mountains, park city is a wonderful place. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, well, all right, Tyler, that'll do it for us. Uh, thanks for filling in for Alex on, on a weekday and, uh, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas. Hopefully, uh, Santa and the parents were able to hook you guys up. I get to open my mystery box this week, so I'm super excited about that. Gonna eat some great food, watch some football, watch some basketball. It's gonna be a wonderful time. Uh, Tyler, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I opened my mystery box, and you think a five nine Chinese guy <laughs> wouldn't have, get a jersey that's too small for him? But I ended up getting a jersey that's too small for me. Like, come on, man! Like, oh, sweet, a box full of football player jerseys. That's great, and it's too small. How did what? I get a jersey that's too small for me? Didn't even I don't get, get one that was too big too. Yeah. And then I got a McGrath jersey, which fits like a dress. <laughs> so I either get a dress or a crop top. And I was like, you got be kidding me. Wait, whose smaller jersey did you get? JJ Jones. He's a buck 75. He's like my height and a buck 75. So I outweigh him and it's all elastic on the arms and the waist. Yeah. But trying to take that thing off was like, Houdini. <laughs> yeah. Luckily I'm kind of flexible. I was doing like making all sorts of shapes and like YMCA with my arms. And I just like, it was so hard to get out. anyway so hopefully yours is if you get a small one well you give to brooke never mind forget it
2: yeah that's true uh brooke has seen it obviously and she said she she thinks she's like 90 percent sure she said that the person is still on a team so uh, oh she looked
1: at that that's cheating
2: yeah she opened it and then you know wrapped everything individually um which is fine i guess but we'll see how that goes um all right man well i hope you have a wonderful christmas trip and have fun in utah